Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory starts a brand new powerful series entitled Divine Recovery, and it is amazing. Let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. We're going to start a new series. I'll just introduce it today for the next three weeks called Divine Recovery. How I many you know when it's divine, that means God recovers it for you and not you for yourself. And if God recovers it for you, then how I many you know it's always going to be greater than what you lost? We won't get into the inquire, pursue, overtake, and recover all portion because I'm just going to uh, introduce it to you today. But how many of y'all have just kind of been going along in life and things are going fine, you're blessed, your family is healthy, right? Your job, your career is prospering. And then all of a sudden, bam, life hits you. Anybody ever been there before? Where you didn't wake up that morning expecting that day to look that way. Anybody ever been there before? What do you do when you're going along, right? Maybe your spouse tells you that they want a divorce or you find out one of your children is sick or in trouble or maybe your company has laid you off. What do you do when your role, the road you're on suddenly takes an unexpected turn and you find yourself in a place you never thought you'd be in, facing situations that you weren't prepared to deal with in the natural? Now, if you've lived a little bit, how I many you know we've all had that day? If you're over one, you've had that day. Come on, raise your hand if you've had that kind of day. We all have. This is exactly what happened to David. Let's look at our opening text in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 4. And it says here, now it happened. Now it happened. How I many you know we're in it now? Now it happened. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, so they had been gone for three days, I'll, you know, David at this time of his life was a bandit. And the way David made his living was to go and he would ravage other camps and take all of their possessions, and this is how he was living. He's away from Israel at this time, and he's over in the Philistine camp, and he's not quite all together. How many of y'all know that sometimes life can throw some things at us and we can end up in some places acting in some ways that we know we don't have it all together at this time? And so this is the scenario in David's life. So he's gone off doing what he does. And the scripture says here that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag. They attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they took captive the women and those who were there from small to great, but they did not kill anyone. How many of you know that's God's grace right there? But yet David didn't know that no one hadn't been killed, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and all the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept. That means they wailed, they lamented, they mourned, and they cried until they had no more power or capacity or forth, force or ability or strength to weep. Has anybody ever been there before? I'm talking about where the loss was so great 
that you didn't even have the capacity to cry anymore. You didn't have the capacity to weep anymore. We've all, again, raise your hand if you've had that kind of day in your life. Look around the room so you'll know that you are not by yourself. Ziklag means a winding road. And sometimes I've learned now that life is that way. When I first gave my life to Christ, I used to think, man, I'm saved now. Everything's going to be great. It's going to be sunny every day. Anybody else think like that? I'm going to get the best jobs, pay off all my bills. I just thought everything was going to go awesome all the time. Now that I've been saved a while, I've learned life is not that way. Then I used to kind of think that it was a season of blessings and then a season of challenges. Anybody think like that? You go through a season of blessings and then a season of challenges. Anybody ever think like that? Right? But now after over 30 years of being saved, I've kind of learned that life, those are two roads that are traveled almost at the same time. Almost like blessings and challenges are all happening at the same time throughout the entire life. Some to a, a greater degree and some to a lesser degree. So ziklag means a winding road. Sometimes, again, life just takes a turn. Life can throw some curves at you. It's not always the things that you see coming. Sometimes it's the things that you didn't see coming that throws us off the most. They hit you out of nowhere. They set you back, and it seems like you can't get over it. Seems like you've reached your limit, right? Your bandwidth is full. You've already said, I can't take another thing. And then guess what? Bam! Here comes another thing. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? So how do you handle that? What do you do? To whom or to what do you turn to when you're in that moment in life? I can think about a time when my wife was pregnant with our first baby girl. And I get a call at 2.30 in the morning, and the doctor says, your wife is extremely sick. You need to rush to the hospital. We must perform emergency surgery. Either we'll keep your wife and lose your daughter, or we'll you'll lose, keep your daughter and lose your wife, or you might lose both of them. Just get here as fast as you can. Now, I want to tell you all, I was God's man of faith and power in that moment. But I wasn't. I cried like a baby. And the first thing is interesting that I thought was sin. There was a sin consciousness that hit me out of nowhere that said, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong that this happened to my wife and my daughter? Where did I miss it? And I'm laying in the bed, like, trying to figure out where I missed it. And then all of a sudden, it hit me. You didn't miss it. It's just that the glory of God needs to manifest in this situation. And I get up, and I throw a sweatsuit on, and I race down to the hospital, and I get there, and the doctor's there in the room waiting on me. And he never gave me good news. He never gave me the possibility of both of them living. He only said I can save one and, and the other one might die or the other I can save that one and the other one would die. You might lose both of them. He never said I could keep both of them. 
and I cried even harder, and I weeped even harder, and I grieved even louder. And then finally the Spirit of God hit me and said, boy, put some water on your face and declare that I am God in this situation. And I can remember going over to that sink and filling up the basin with water and splashing my face. And I can remember saying, my wife will live and not die. My daughter will live and not die. And I marched into that operating room and I watched my baby girl come out of there screaming and kicking. But it was interesting. I was more concerned about my wife than I was my daughter. So I left that in and went down there to her and heard what her selfless self said, go follow the baby and make sure the baby is okay. And I go, and I go over there. My daughter had a strawberry on her, on her hip, on her leg. And that's how I identified her. And I said, that's my baby girl. And I went back in there to her and I grabbed her hand. She looked me in the eye and she said, I'm okay. Folks, I want to tell you today that even when you get the worst news you can possibly get, it's never over until God says it over. Come on, I need somebody that knows God is God to give him a real good hallelujah. Come on, give him a real good praise in this place. And I believe they're both here today because I didn't panic in that moment. I recovered myself and got myself together. Psalm, 1 Samuel 36 says, now, now David. So notice in the uh, first verses there, it says, now it happened. Now David was greatly distressed. Now, I mean, oh, that's typically what follows events that happen to us in life. They hit us and then we get distressed. And in this case, David is not just distressed. He is greatly distressed. The, the word distress means to press in, to be narrow, to be vexed. You ever just been in a situation where it looks like life is just crowding in on you and there's nowhere to turn to the front, to the left, to the right or behind me. Life just has me. This is how David is feeling right now. He is greatly distressed. Why? For the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Now, David was the leader. So how many know he, the people are holding him responsible for what happened to their wives and their children? And if you're a husband in here, and if you're a leader, that's what comes along with your responsibility. Whatever happens to the people that are under your care, you will be held responsible for it. And you've got to be able to accept that and you've got to know that you're not in it by yourself and that God is on your side and that if God is for you, I'm not concerned about who's against me. The greater one is on the inside of me and me and God, we will figure this out and we will come out gold on the other side. So David, because the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters, but David. Now notice it started off and it said, now David. Then it said here in what we're reading right now, and I love it, now David. Now, then it says, but David. How many know you've got to have a but Patricia moment? Come on, you've got to have a but Johnny moment. You've got to have a moment where you say, okay, now it happened. I'm in it, but what am I getting ready to do about it? Come on, I need somebody to, right? 
So, so, but David, I love this here, but David strengthened himself. Folks, you are going to get in some situations in your life where you can't count on your mother, you can't count on your father, you can't count on your husband, you can't count on your wife, you can't count on your children. You are going to find yourself in some moments in life where you have to get along with God and you have to have your butt moment where, I, where you say, God, if you can't get this done, if you don't do it, then it won't get done. So David strengthened himself in the Lord. The word strengthen means to encourage oneself. How many know it's okay to talk to yourself? I said, how many of y'all know it's okay to talk to yourself? In a good way. I'm not talking about in a way where they got to send people to come and get you. Sometimes you've got to talk to yourself. David encouraged himself. That's what the word strengthen means. It means to recover yourself. It means to repair. It means to be urgent. It means to behave yourself valiantly. Valiantly. It means to withstand. Folks, there's times in your life when things hit you so hard, first thing you need to do is recover yourself. I'm talking about before you go call your mother, before you go call your girlfriend, before you open up your mouth and say a word because you're going to end up saying the wrong thing and doing the wrong thing. I mean, you've got to stop for a minute and just recover yourself. Just like I did. When that doctor said that to me, only thing I could do was recover myself in that moment, get that water splashing up on my face. My tears are not getting ready to save my emotion is not getting ready to save my wife. And only the word of God can do that. We've got to learn how to strengthen ourselves and encourage ourselves and, 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 and recover ourselves in that moment, right? We're going to look at how, letter A, how did David strengthen himself? Because in life, we must learn how to do the exact same thing. Number one, you must remember that God is still on the throne. Come on, say it with me. Say, God is still on the throne. You must remember that God is still on the throne. I believe with all of my heart that even though it's not mentioned in this, deck, uh, in this text here, it is standard operating procedure for all spirit-filled believers. That David reminded himself that God was still on the throne and that God was still in control. I believe that with all of my heart. Even though we can't read it in that text, I mean, we see it all throughout the Psalms how David responded in situations. Let's go look at one. Psalms 42, let's look at stanza five. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. I came to tell somebody today, you're getting it all back. Every penny, come on somebody, every son, every daughter, every job, every career, every friend, come on somebody, every investment. I came to tell somebody, you're getting it all back. Notice here, I said it's okay to talk to yourself, right? So then David said, my soul, why would you be depressed? How I many know your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions? Sometimes you've got to talk to your mental condition in that moment. Come on, sometimes you've got to talk to your emotions in that moment. Come on, sometimes, sometimes you've got to line your will up with God's will just to get out of that situation that you're in right there. David said, so why are you depressed? Why would you sink in despair? 
Just keep hoping. The word hope means to trust and be patient and waiting on God, your Savior. I love this. For no matter what, I will sing praise, right, for the living, for living before his face is my saving grace. So then obviously singing praise must bring us right into the presence of God where we find all of God's delivering grace. You ever notice in that moment the enemy wants to get you to fight, to argue, right, to do something stupid, right? David had to talk to himself, and he had to say, so why are you depressed? Why would you allow yourself to sink into despair? God had to tell his, David had to tell his soul, just keep on hoping and waiting on God, your Savior. For no matter what, even if it gets worse, you need to sing louder. Somebody ought to give God a good hallelujah in here. Come on, I said, even if it gets worse, you need to sing louder. Somebody give God a good hallelujah in this place. Come on, I said, even if it gets worse, you need to sing louder. Somebody give God a good hallelujah in this place. As long as you're alive, there's still hope. It's never too late. It's never too dark with God. With you and God, you are a majority, and God can turn things around and cause it to come out better than the way that you went in. We must understand. Now, this will take maturity. I had to write this down. Do you all want to hear this? It'll take maturity to receive this. We must understand that everything that discourages us and frustrates us is the thing that God wants to use to develop us. Somebody missed that. You let that fly right over your head. So instead of running from it, you need to start running to it. Go with me to Psalms number 40. We must remember that God is still in control and he is on the throne. Notice what David said here in Psalms 40. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me. He listened to me. He came close to me. And he heard my cry or my prayer. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit. A horrible pit here in this, the time that this was written was used as a cistern or a prison or a dungeon to put a runaway slave in or someone that you didn't want to deal with anymore. You all know the story of uh, Joseph, right? This is what Joseph's brothers put him in. And typically what would happen is overnight, the hope was that a wild beast or animal would come along and just rip him to shreds. So, I mean, you know, this is not a good place to be in. It says here, so he brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay. Miry clay is like sticky mud, like quicksand. You're stuck. Anybody ever been there in life where it just seems like you just can't, I'm stuck in the same situation and I can't get out. I'm trying to lift my foot, but it, for whatever reason, it will not come out of this quicksand. Anybody ever been there in life? Well, I want to remind someone today of your value. How many of y'all believe you are valuable to God? 
How many of y'all believe that what happened to you doesn't make that who you are? Right? And so I want to remind someone today of their value. Because Satan always tries to steal our worth. Now, if you can get the camera on this as close as you can, this is a crisp $20 bill. I just went to the bank and took it out of the ATM machine this morning. It's crisp. Can somebody tell me the value of this? It's common sense. What's the value of this? $20, right? This is valued at $20 because the maker of it said that that's the value of it. And there's nothing we can do to change the value of this. Now, now I'm balling that $20 up, right? Just because I balled that $20 up, is it worth any less? Is it worth $19.50 now, right? It's still worth how much? You sure? I could go in the store and buy something for $19.80 with a balled up $20 bill. You sure about that? So a balled up $20 is worth the same amount as a crisp $20 bill. What if I dropped that balled up $20 bill and I stumped it? Sometimes life would do us like that. And, so, and sometimes this would be the people that we thought loved us the most. Sometimes this would be the people that were the closest to us. Come on, this will be the people that we broke bread with. Come on, people that we call my best friend, my girl, my boy. Come on, somebody. Now I got a balled up $20 bill that's been stumped on. Can somebody tell me the value of this balled up, stumped on $20 bill? What's the value of this balled up, stumped on $20 bill? So it's nothing that I did to it that changed this value. It's still a $20 bill. I'm going somewhere with this today. Now, what if I took this same balled up, stepped on $20 bill and threw it in the garbage? And in that garbage was food that had been in there for days. Come on, somebody. Now it's got rotten eggs on it. Old cranberries from last Thanksgiving. Come on, somebody. Throw up from the kids. Got sick at night. So now I've got a balled up, stumped on, in the garbage $20 bill. Can somebody tell me the value of this balled up, stumped on, in the garbage $20 bill? So just because it, it got balled up, just because it got stepped on, and just because it was in the garbage, it never changed its value. Now I got one more for you. And you have to grow up the way I grew up to understand this last illustration. This $20 is beat up. But it's still worth the same. I said this $20 is beat up. It's been through some stuff. But when you unfold it, it's still worth the same. And nothing that this $20 went through changed its value. 
But sometimes in life, folks, you'll get balled up, stumped on, thrown in the garbage, and ripped in half. Now, guess what? Has this ripped in Has this balled up, stumped on, thrown in the garbage, ripped in half, $20 bill lost its value? Come on, because if you come from where I come from, your grandmother getting ready to tell you, you better go get some scotch tape, boy, and, and, get, and, and get the clear. Come on, get the clear see-through scotch tape. Come on, somebody. And you better take that thing back together. Come on, somebody. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen. Right? And you, now you can take that balled up. Come on, somebody. Stumped on, thrown in the garbage, ripped in half, and taped back together $20 bill. And you can take it to the store, and it has still not lost any of its value. Why? Because man said that the value of this is $20. Well, folks, I came to tell you your value is way much greater than this $20 bill. Your value is the shed blood of Jesus. And life can boil you up. Come on, life can stomp on you. Life can throw you in the garbage. And life can rip you in half. But it will never change the value that God put on you. You are worth the fight. You are worth the effort. You are better than what you're going through. And you are coming out greater on the other side. Somebody make Satan super upset today and give God a good praise in this place now this is for all the single people in here you can be balled up stepped on thrown in the garbage even divorced people and ripped in half but somebody's still gonna want you and I'm getting ready to prove it to you who wants this ripped up $20 bill? Come on and get it, girl. Your hand went up in the air. Boy, your hand went up in the air. Look, I see she wants that ripped up. Because she knows even though it's ripped up, it has not lost its value. Folks, I came to tell you today, you are not what happened to you. Glory to God. Get back up on your feet. Dust yourself off. Begin to talk to yourself. Soul, why are you depressed? Hope in God, glory to God. Somebody say it's never too late. Notice how fast she ran up here. She didn't see that $20 any differently than from the moment it came out of my pocket to the last condition that it was in. And she getting ready to go home, I promise you. And get that scotch tape out. Come on, somebody. And she getting ready to tape that thing back together on both sides. Come on, somebody. You got to tape it on both sides. How many of you know you got to do it on both sides? You got to tape it on that front side. Come on, I haven't had money all my life. Anybody else in here know what I'm talking about? I come from broke. You tape it on that front side, flip it over, right? Tape it on that back side. Come on, somebody. And then you got to roll it both ways with your thumbs. Right? Then you got to twist the ends down to make sure no tape is extended outside the bill. Then you're going to fold that thing right back up, put that in your pocket, and go shopping with that $20 bill. Somebody say, I have not lost my value regardless of what I've gone through. I'm not what I've gone through. 
Number two, take some time to quiet your heart in God's presence. All right? So the first thing you got to do is remember that God is still on the throne and he's in control. Right? We're talking about David strengthened himself. He encouraged himself. Next thing you got to do is take some time to quiet your heart in God's presence. See, the world takes refuge in pills and in the bottle and in weed and in drugs. But we're supposed to take our refuge in the Lord. Psalms 27, 14, the Passion Translation says, here's what I've learned through it all. Come on, David, tell us what you've learned. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting for he will never disappoint you. Come on, somebody ought to thank God for that right there. Come on, you just keep staying in there. Come on, you keep waiting. You keep praying. You keep thanking God. You keep doing all of the right things because you know that your day is coming and God will never disappoint you. Somebody needs to type that in online. God will never disappoint me. In the room, say it with all of your heart. Say, God will never disappoint me. Point to yourself and say, God will never disappoint me. Do you believe that today? He never will. Even when it looks like it's that way, it really isn't what it looks like. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. Where God, where David, in your presence. See, you're not going to get direction for your life outside of God's presence. Well, how do I get into God's presence? Prayer. Praise and worship, spending time in the Word of God. That's where he's going to show you direction and your path that you're supposed to take. Then notice what's going to happen. You're going to know you're in his presence because in your presence is fullness of joy. Now, all of a sudden, that hope is, or that despair is going to turn into joy. A sad face is going to turn into a smile. Where I look like, where it looked hopeless, that word is going to produce and, and hope is going to rise up in me. And then the scripture tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So once I get into his presence, how many know it's going to create joy in my heart and in my life? And then that's going to give me the strength to get up, put my clothes on, and attack another day. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So when you're facing terrible news, don't panic or rely on your own strength. Spend some time in his presence and let him calm you down and strengthen you and recover your joy. One of the ways to know that you're back is you got your joy back. So you've been trying to figure out why I just can't, I can't. One of the ways to know you're back is you get into his presence. His joy comes back. You get strong. Same situation, but now you see it differently. Situation didn't go anywhere, but now you're ready to fight. Number three, take refuge in his word and cling to his promises. We all know this, Joshua 1, 8 and 9. We're talking about how do I strengthen myself? How do I encourage myself? Now it happens. I'm in it. What do I do? Third thing is to take refuge in his word and cling to his promises. Joshua 1 says, this book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth. So I'm going to say 
what God's word says about my situation and not what everybody else is saying about my situation. But you shall meditate. I'm going to mutter and just think about what that word says day and night that I may observe to do. Now, I don't want to just meditate on it. I actually want to apply it to my life so that I can observe to do according to some of what's written in it because it all doesn't apply to me. All that is written in it, right? For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So whatever you're in right now, God is in it with you. And I came to tell somebody today, you're tougher than what you're going through. You just needed somebody to tell you that. Come on, I said you're tougher than what you're going through. And you will outlast the trouble that has come to your front door because of the greater one that's on the inside of you. Sometimes, folks, we all need a good fight in life because you can talk a good talk, but you don't really know who you are until you get into something where you have to demonstrate what it is that you said. Come on, somebody, because if you grew up like I grew up and you run your mouth a whole lot, somebody going to try you for every word that you said out of your mouth to see if you really meant what you said. I mean, you know, the devil is no different. If you're going to sit there and talk a big game, then there's usually going to be a situation where you'll be required to stand in the midst of that situation and show your enemy that you really believe what you're saying out of your mouth. Be strong and be of good courage. Because the Lord is with you wherever you go. You're tougher than what you're going through. Can I say this? We're kingdom people, aren't we? You don't lose in the kingdom of God. You either win or you learn lessons. All your problems become gifts when you learn from them. So eventually what will happen is you'll build some metal about you. And now when situations present themselves, you'll have this posture about you. I've been here before. Come on, somebody. Just like David. David said, I already killed a bear and I already killed a lion. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Come on, somebody. You'll get to that place in your life where you'll start recounting how you knocked his teeth out the last time. Come on, and this time it'll be no different. And I got news for you. The bigger the giant, the bigger the blessing on the other side. So if you're in a big fight right now, you need to get excited because there's a big blessing waiting on you on the other side of you knocking him out. Psalms 34, 17 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of some of their troubles. What's left after all? So the righteous, those that are in right standing with God, have moments in their life where they need to cry out to God. So the righteous cry out and the Lord hears. 
and he delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near those who have a broken heart and saves such that have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions, the adversity, the calamity, and the trouble of the righteous. Many are. See, folks, we think church is a playground. I came to tell you it's a war zone. This side wasn't ready for that. I said, see, we want to play church, and we think church is a playground. We want to have our little confessions. Come on, we want to sing our little song. We want to do all this stuff. But, folks, church is not a playground. It is a war zone. That's why he said, fight the good fight of faith. He said, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Notice that's a specific individual, the one that cries out to the Lord, the one that knows the Lord is their help and not man. Come on, somebody. Last one, and we'll close. Music department, prepare yourselves. Spend some time worshiping and praising God. I'm talking about how to strengthen yourself, how to encourage yourself. Spend some time worshiping and praising God. But you might say, but I don't feel like praising God when I'm in the midst of adversity or affliction. That's why the Bible calls it a sacrifice of praise. When you learn how to praise God, what you're literally doing is an act of faith. You're praising God, listen to me, for what you believe he's going to do. Or I actually should say that a little differently. You're praising him for what you believe he's already done. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That's the grace side to that. You're literally saying that my faith is greater than what I'm going through right now. And I'm going to demonstrate that by giving God my praise and my worship. The old saints used to say, you have to praise your way through. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, I need a choir today. Let me read a few verses. Psalms 21, 13 says, rise up and put your might on display. By your strength, we will sing and praise your glorious power. Psalms 28, 7 says, you are my strength and my shield from every danger. When I fully trust you, help is on the way. I jump for joy and burst forth with ecstatic, passionate praise. I will sing songs of what you mean to me. Now, raise your hand today if you are in a horrible pit or miry clay. Raise your hand. You're going to be the choir today. Come on down here to the front. You're going to usher us into the presence of the Lord today. Come on, I'm talking about you just feel like life has you crowded in. And you can't see your way out. Come on down to the front right now. Go ahead, Minister Bernard, as they're coming, lead us in that. Where you're standing right now, whether you're at this altar or if you're in your seat, 
if you're online, start to worship now. Because you may not understand what's going on, but he does. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody down there, lift your hands. So we worship you. Come on, yeah. lift your hands all over this place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll never be more loved than you are right now. You weren't holding him up, so there's nothing you can do to let him down. It doesn't take a trophy to make him proud. You'll never be more loved than I am right now. Yeah. Going through a storm, but I won't back down. I hear your voice carried in the rhythm of the wind to call me out. You would cross an ocean so I wouldn't drown. You've never been closer than you are right now. So we call you Jaira. You are enough. Yeah. 
and love God by giving him a good praise today. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. 
Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we wanna invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I wanna lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, watch past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 833-988-2009. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.